We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Blue Wire. Joe Kingman is the toughest player to ever take the field. Blessed with crazy strength and ridiculous agility. But the star quarterback who can take any hit is about to get his bell rung. My name is Peyton. I'm your daughter. Papa got a brand new bag. Hello. I never had a kid. My birth certificate. Your name is on it. My name's not on this. Joseph King. All right, welcome back to another episode of Big Screen Sports, the podcast breaking down the on-field action of your favorite sports movies. Brought to you by the Blue Wire Sports Podcast Network. I'm your host, Kyle Banduho. This week, we're covering the Disney family sports film, The Game Plan, starring The Rock in that weird period where he decided that having hair was a good idea. It wasn't. This week is another Blue Wire Sports Podcasting Network crossover, as I'm joined by Eddie Gonzalez, who co-hosts the podcast Tampering Season on the Blue Wire Network. Tampering season focuses on the culture of the NBA, the way we consume the modern league, you know, everything interesting happening off the court. If you enjoy Eddie, who also goes by Bansky, definitely check out Tampering Season and check out all the other Blue Wiring podcasts. We got stuff for football, gambling, everything you need to get you through the sports season. Like me, Eddie is also a dad, which I think, you know, even more than being a sports fan makes him a perfect guest for this movie because of the parenting element to it. A lot, of, uh, a lot of emotional dad moments in this movie. It's, it's worth a tear or two at times. Programming note of sorts. I want to thank everyone who's continually reached out about enjoying the podcast, left reviews. You know, if you haven't, go do that. And especially to those who shared it with friends. Couldn't appreciate that more. You know, definitely keep sharing. However, since I've started, it's been myself and the guests have been the ones, you know, making the schedule, picking what movies we're doing when we're doing them. I want to flip that a bit. For the November 21st episode, the week before Thanksgiving, I want you, the listeners, to decide what movie is being covered. You can tweet at me or DM me on Twitter and Instagram. That's at big underscore screen sport on Twitter, at big screen sports pod on Instagram. My personal Twitter is at Kyle Banduho. And let me know what you guys want covered. The movies that get the most action, I'll do, you know, I'll make a poll or something, tweet it out, and then we can, uh, can nail down the listener selection for the month of November. And this is something that you guys like, uh, something that gets some traction, you, you know, you, you like having a say in what's going to get covered. 
We might make it an every month thing, although I've got a, I've got another idea that I'm kind of looking forward to doing in December. I'll have more on that later, but you know, if we want to make 2020 the year of listener picks, then, then we can definitely do that. But um, you know, that's pretty much it for housekeeping. Of course, if you haven't done the rate review share thing, definitely go do that. But uh, let's talk the game plan and The Rock's weird-ass hair with Bansky from Tampering Season. All right, joining me today, he's the host of or the co-host of the Tampering Season podcast, also a member of the Blue Wire Podcast Network, Eddie Gonzalez. Eddie, how are you doing, man? I'm good, man. Thanks for having me. I love sports movies. I especially love the bad ones, so I feel like it's a perfect place for me. You mentioned before we started recording that you love the Fast and the Furious movies, and that uh, that fits in well with what we're doing. But before we get into <laughs> the game plan, uh, tell the folks what you do over at Tampering Season. Yeah, well, Tampering Season is a basketball podcast, so you know we're, we're really getting going now, and the season starts pretty soon. And the tagline there is pretty much everything besides the basketball matters, too. And it sounds kind of crazy, but the way that the NBA is a 24-7 league now, we, we care about everything. So why not talk about everything? And that's what you get at tampering season. Yeah, it really is. I mean, every day NBA Twitter has something else coming up. Um, yep. Today, we're recording a couple weeks before this one's going to drop, but today I think was every the biggest thing in the NBA was LaMelo Ball is now in the mix for the number one pick, which is wild. Yeah, it turns out he, he's good. It's a lot of people have thought and a lot of people had didn't think and everybody wants to argue about it so it's just something every day and he's in australia playing at who knows what time being leangelo ball has to be tough <laughs> i feel like leangelo ball kind of lives a tough life when you think about it he, he he feels like a real sports movie character when you think about it just like the kind of black sheep brother who you know he, he might sabotage things one of these days i and just realized at some point at some point they're going to make a ball family movie i mean lavar is probably going to be the one to make it but Someone, oh, sure. someone's gonna make a ball family movie. But uh, today, uh, we are we're covering the game plan. The game plan is a 2007 Disney sports comedy. A star quarterback for a New England football team discovers his long lost daughter. Got a 29 percent on Rotten Tomatoes. It opened at number one. Ended up grossing over 90 million domestically on a 22 million dollar budget. Started The Rock's run as a box office goldmine. Stars Dwayne The Rock Johnson, Morris Chestnut. Kira Sedwick and making her uh, film debut, Madison Pettis. This movie is essentially Big Daddy if uh, Adam Sandler's quarterback or character was a star quarterback. Yeah, that that sounds about right. And it's it's funny to hear it explained like that because it's almost the exact story without the 30 packets of ketchup. Yeah, it's it's a little it's a little less crude. Um this one is is one of the more family friendly movies I've uh I've done on this podcast, doing this podcast, I was telling you before we started recording that I've had to spend a lot of nights, you know, late nights just re-watching movies or whatever. This was one that it was nice that I got to turn on while my kid was uh, was downstairs, and we we both enjoyed it. Uh, you know, it's not the, it's not the best movie, um, and it's not as much sport-driven as you think. It's more, like, athlete-driven or driven by, you know, yeah. single athletes. It's more, it's definitely more of a kid's movie and a a fatherhood movie, but as of, you know, we're both fathers as a father, it's pretty enjoyable. Uh, at least for me, what, for you, what makes a good sports movie before we get into the actual movie? Well, I, I, per, I personally like a really cheesy sports movie. So this was right up my alley. Um, 
And I like to see some realistic sports. It doesn't have to be documentary type, but I like to see it kind of make sense and not, you know, when the guys shoot and they cut to the basket and it's from a whole different angle when the ball falls in there. Like, I don't want that. Like, show me, show me Wesley Snipes awful jumper. I want to see it. So, you know, give me a mix of cheesy and a mix of like some actual sports that makes sense. And I'm, I'm all in. Yeah, so for the for you, what is the game plan? Is it a Hall of Fame, an all-star, a starter, or a bench warmer? I also feel like with this movie, there's kind of like two tiers. You know, for kids' sports movies, I feel like yes. they're a little like <laughs> they're a little boosted because it doesn't. It's hard to compare this to like an any given Sunday or something. They're just two right. completely different types of movies. But for you, what is this movie? I'm happy you said that because those are like the two different lenses I look at it. Like if it if we're looking at this like an actual movie and we're taking it to the Oscars and we're trying to get it nominated. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's maybe a starter, but it's probably a bench warmer. But if it's like a cheesy kid movie about the rock and his long lost daughter, then yeah, I'm, I'm going to say it's, it's, it's an all-star. It's not quite a hall of fame, but it's all-star. It's a pretty good movie. Yeah. In terms of movies you can watch with your kids, uh, this one's definitely an all-star. I mean, it's like, it's better than rookie of the year. Uh, you know, movies like that. So I, I agree. Yeah. It's an it's an all star for movies you can watch with your kids. It's probably a starter in just terms of sports movies in general. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the Rock, the Rock just kind of has a charisma about him, and there's like slapstick stuff that your kids definitely gonna laugh at. And there's a dog, and everybody loves a dog in a movie, so it's, it kind of works out. Yeah. I mean, this is basically the starts the era of you put the Rock in anything, and it's it's gonna be watchable. Um, mm-hmm. I'll admit that I've bailed on ballers, but everything else is is pretty watchable that that he's in, and uh, yeah, I haven't seen I'm, the Tooth Fairy either. Yeah, I actually liked it, and I I believe Ryan Seckler's in it, and everybody talks about how awful a movie it is, but it's a good cheesy rock movie. I I got it. I watched it with my kid. It was funny. It's you know he's a hockey player, a in rock- that, right? Yeah, we're, yeah, he is. We're gonna have to circle back country. for that one then. Got to it's, get your sports hook in there. Of course. Uh, let's get to the IMDb trivia on this movie. Uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson said he came up with the idea for a character to be such a huge Elvis fan and suggested the idea to the writers who loved it and added to the script. Johnson said later that uh, when they asked how he came up with the idea, Johnson responded that he is Elvis's biggest fan and much of the Elvis memorabilia his character owns actually belongs to Johnson, which is which is funny. Thing about The Rock is a big <laughs> Elvis fan. Kind of creepy, kind of creepy. <laughs> a little bit, a little bit. Uh, this was the the last film in which he will be credited as The Rock. Wow! Ever since then, it's been know. it's been Dwayne Johnson, but he still uses The Rock as his Instagram handle, so he, it's yeah. not like he's he's still, he's still The Rock to me. Yeah, and he still he shows up at uh he showed up at um WrestleMania or something like recently. So it's not. I'm glad he hasn't like kicked that part of his life away. Oh no, he can't. He can't let that go. There's always a payday there too. Like, of course. Why not? Yeah. Uh, his character Joe Kingman suffers a separated shoulder that temporarily knocks him out of the big game. In the real life, The Rock actually did suffer a season-ending shoulder separation while playing DT as a freshman at the U. It'd be uh, it'd be Miami for people who don't watch college football. Uh, two bulldogs <laughs> named Tubbs and Tank shared the role of Spike. Production was pushed back by several months after The Rock suffered a ruptured Achilles tendon during a football practice session. Which, like, we kind of got robbed by Instagram not being around when he was filming this movie because, like, we would have had a first, like, a first-person view into that because he would have been posting about that shit every single day. Oh, yeah. We would have seen the scar. What's crazy is he's not gigantic in this movie. He's, like, a big guy. Obviously, He's The Rock. 
But he's not like what he is now. He's a humongous 400-pound guy. He's he's just like a regular fit guy in this movie. It's kind of shocking to see because he has his shirt off a ton. Yeah, it's funny. If he were to play this now, he'd have to lose weight. Like he would yeah, have to for train sure. muscle to or, play a professional athlete, which is wild. Or play a different position. Yeah, yeah. In this movie, yeah. uh, he plays for the the Boston Rebels. The Rebels and the New York Dukes stand in for the NFL's Patriots and New York Giants. Originally, the script called for the team to be the Patriots, but negotiating with the NFL became difficult for producers, so they made that team name up instead. Um, and they play in the stadium. Yeah, yeah. They uh, yeah. So it was filmed in three stadiums: uh, Gillette up in Foxborough, uh, Mile High in Denver. I'm not calling it in Vesco or whatever it is. It's Mile High Stadium, <laughs> and then uh, Sun, right. and then Sun Devil Stadium in Arizona. Yeah. And then um, the scene that Joe Kingman runs the whole way to the city in the hospital carrying his daughter Peyton resembles Dustin Hoffman doing the same for his son in the movie Kramer vs. Kramer, which is also a movie about a father raising his child. And I can't think of two more parenting movies that are different than the game plan and Kramer vs. <laughs> Kramer. Um, right. <laughs> the football referees were from the Association of New England Football Officials, which I wanted to include because I think it is good and important that the movie cast – guys who actually officiate as officials instead of, you know, actors who need to make it like guild actors who need to make a buck. I thought that was, that's pretty important. Yeah. You, they shockingly, they paid quite a bit of attention to detail here with the football for as little football as there is in this movie. Yeah. This movie, it's, it's strange. Cause like I, I kind of segmented this out as, you know, the whole movie, you know, doing how we usually do this podcast, you know, what was authentic, what wasn't, and then what worked and what didn't work. And then I have a whole separate section for the last game because the last game yeah. is easily the biggest chunk of, of football. It's the, the last scene in the movie, basically. But everything else, football is just kind of dabbled in. It's just more of a part of who he is instead of what this movie is about. But then the last game is like a big scene. It's like a big set piece. So yeah, uh, the, the the movie's like crazy long for a movie. It's almost two hours long, and I want to say the first hour thirty, there's two football scenes, and they're brief. Until they're the real brief. It, they're 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 quite literally the same play over twice. Like if you told me it was like a palette swap, I'd believe you because it's <laughs> the same the same scenario and the same. He does the same thing. Well, let's get into the best scene. Uh, I've got Peyton's entrance. It's basically the party followed up the next morning, and then Peyton uh, Peyton arrives at the house. The press conference with uh, with him and Peyton, where Peyton basically it, she she shimmies her way into getting no nanny yeah. and dance lessons. Um, <laughs> the scene and most of the most of the best scenes in this movie are like father daughter scenes. Like if you, if you're not a yeah. parent, I don't know if you'd be as much of a sucker for all these. Uh, gives Peyton the the scene where he gives Peyton her room and they bond really for the first time, which is like mm-hmm. for a dad, like that's gonna gonna tug your heartstrings. Uh, when I can't even remember off the top of my head why she's mad, why she's in her room, but when he sings to her, when he's singing the Elvis song to her, I wonder why I am singing this for. When you will not even open the door. I don't want to see you. 
Well, how about you open the door with your eyes closed? See, that wasn't so bad. Is your heart filled with pain? Shall I come back again? Tell me, dear, are you lonesome? Uh, they were, because he had a date. Yeah, yeah, a date with a with a twenty one year old model, yeah. Russian model, or whatever. Yeah, and, and she wiggled her way into it, and then and then got it canceled. And yeah, she was mad. She was jealous. That's right. So he, That's right. She said uh, he, she wants her mom, which yeah. in retrospect kinda, is incredibly sad. Yeah, <laughs> like the last five minutes, you find out this terrible oh, thing happened. Yeah, it's t- <laughs> this movie gets really heavy. Uh, when he runs her to the hospital, the whole hospital scene, like it's not a pleasant scene, but it's a very good scene. The, yeah, yeah. the parenting, the sports in this movie leaves something to be desired in a lot of places. The parenting in this movie, like the the, the father daughter stuff, is it'll it'll fuck you up. And then, it's uh, it's funny. It's funny because a lot of the movie is like so over the top, and then there's these random pockets where the Rock really acts, and it's like, oh, he's kind of doing a good job here. Holy shit! So yeah, yeah, you see, you see some of that. Oh, yeah, care about this movie. yeah. And then uh, the last thing I had for final scene was just the final game uh, where Peyton shows up at halftime. Did I miss anything? Were there any scenes that stood out to you that I missed? So my actually my favorite scene in the movie is the ballet, which is like okay. it's filmed so well. <laughs> you get all these random shots of them reacting, and it's like this kind of looks like it'd be a good show. I kind of like to see this. So. I want to throw that in there. That's that's like probably up there for me. I know I was watching at the gym. And I was into it. I was like, how long does this scene last? It's getting pretty good. The rock and those so, tights. Yeah. The rock is the tree in the ballet, I believe. And then he, he has like the, the tight. And again, he's a much smaller man in this movie. So he can pull it off. The guy that the rock is now, like, there's no way he's putting that thing on. There's, he can't. Yeah, absolutely not. Uh, well, let's talk about the <laughs> rock in this movie real quick. I was trying to figure out a comparison for like who Joe Kingman is like he looks like he's got the body of Cam Newton he dre- yeah. he dresses like <laughs> Sam Bradford he's got the <laughs> sleeves and the the same helmet but the personality like I could not I could not land it cuz nowadays QBs have to be so team 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 yeah I I couldn't it, I couldn't place it 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 was funny because I was in the same thing and the helmet bothered me cuz I hate that helmet and I was trying to like think of a rural world equivalent for this situation. Like who's the quarterback who's been really good. He won the Heisman. He didn't quite win the big one yet. And I'm like, who? And I guess Peyton Manning maybe for a while until he didn't win one. I, I don't know. But uh, he looks like Cam Newton. He, he has the same number and everything. It's, it's kind of wild to see the Rock as a quarterback. But the thing that, 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 that shook me up the whole time is he's late for practice almost every practice. He's rude to everybody. And like, this isn't very quarterbacky. Like, what's going on? So I don't I don't know if there's a real world equivalent. He's he's a dickhead to everybody until like they're nice to him or whatever. Well, let's and roll even that then he's into like, let's roll that in the least authentic thing about this movie. I think okay. it is Joe as a quarterback. Like his yeah. personality and his lifestyle as a quarterback. He doesn't watch film. Except for when he's <laughs> yeah. like wondering, he's in he's like, oh, you should have passed it, but like 
quarterback the thing about being an NFL quarterback is like it is a lifestyle and it's not like a glamorous yeah. lifestyle it is a you're in the facility from five o'clock in the morning to 10 o'clock at night you're watching film yeah. you're doing all that stuff and you have to keep your teammates happy that's not Joe Kingman yeah I mean that's not a pro quarterback even like a bad quarterback is more dedicated he he felt like a diva wide receiver He's watching video of himself, his his profile on Sports Center all the time, and he's he's watching his commercials and he's doing stuff. And again, like he's just late to every practice. His daughter comes; he has unlimited access to the to, to the facility. He's he's cursing people out. He's, he's telling everybody what to do. He's looking off his guy, his number one receiver, and he doesn't care. He's like, I'm I'm gonna go get it. So that was weird to me. That was weird to me for like the superstar quarterback that the whole city loves. It's like, he's actually kind of an asshole. Like, are we sure we like him? If for the character so, himself, it would have made more sense if he was a young guy and hadn't learned the ropes of the NFL that would yeah. have worked for the plot. Cause a young, you know, if you have a young, like rookie or second year quarterback who has a nine year old daughter show up, you've got some real questions, but uh, <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a little different movie. yeah, but it, it, that would more work. But a guy who's been in the NFL, he's, they say he's in his thirties, Guy's been in the NFL for 10 plus years. Like you just, you don't operate like that. Like no one's that talented. So it's, uh, yeah, that, that, that for me is the least authentic. Uh, what did you have for, for most authentic? For me, it's that the teammates actually liked him and they, they, they like kicked it. And it's like, yeah, you would care about the, even though he's a, he's a douche, they would have some camaraderie. They're making a big playoff run. They, it looked like a wild card team. They play all their playoff games on the road and they're really like going after it. This guy's an icon in this city and all this stuff. So like the fact that they actually cared and then they cared about his kids. Cause we all have like friends and we come to love their kids and all that stuff. That was it. The camaraderie for me. Yeah. I, I think that's a good one. Um, you know, I had the rock as a football player. He, he looks the part. Um, I'm, you know, he they does. cast someone as an athlete. I don't want to rag on like an Adam Sandler, from longest yard because I really like the longest yard, but like look at how the Rock looks and look at how Adam Sandler looks, and it's just like you can yeah. see one as a professional athlete, especially a quarterback. I will say they hide the Rock's throwing motion in this movie. You really don't see much. I, of I was it. just gonna say that they he throws the ball three times in this movie. One of them is like a little shovel pass he makes on a scramble. Uh, another one is. Another one, he, he gets cracked hard in the big game, and he barely – he throws it like sidearm. And then the last pass, and you don't see it. It cuts away really quick before he releases the ball, and it's really weird. The Rock is the worst. His, he has Baker Mayfield's pocket awareness. He's just constantly <laughs> scrambling. He's just, <laughs> just getting – just holding on to the ball too long and getting hit. Yeah, and I, then rolling right. Like, all right, I got to go. <laughs> I think it's better that a movie does that that they they don't show bad throws as opposed to yeah. if he had an awful throwing motion, you know, showing that. The other, I had one more thing for most authentic, and it's not sports related, but it's just like super uh, sentimental thing. Being a father changes who you are as a person, and this movie captures that very well. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, and he even says that at one point, I think like verbatim. Like, I'm not the same guy I was a month ago. And it's, it becomes a whole thing. But for sure, like, He's he's a completely different guy by the end of the movie, and it makes sense. He's a daughter that he didn't know about, and it's not entirely his fault. So it makes a ton of sense. I, I to add one more for me, it's uh the fact that all the football players are different sizes. I was like, oh, okay, the running back's smaller than him, the tight end's a little bit bigger, 
there's big guys playing linemen. Like, oh, that makes sense. I get it. Cool. That It's a little random detail, but I appreciate it just because I want it to make sense. The movie was well cast. The football team was well cast. They look like football players. Yeah, Morris Chestnut has been playing football players forever. He's Ricky from Boys in the Hood. I was going to say, I had a note that this is like what would happen if Ricky had, hadn't gotten gunned down in the street. Yeah. This is like to this is the best case scenario for uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> Travis Sanders is what would happen if Ricky hadn't gotten shot. He's also the nicest right. guy on the planet. He's like uh, he's like the the angel from It's a Wonderful Life. Like he's always showing up at Joe's shoulder, like talking about his kids and shit, and like trying to improve him as a person. That scene where he shows up, Joe's watching like the same play where he looked him off over and over and over and going crazy. He's calling his daughter. And then he just pops up. He's just in the room. I know. Like, I had I have <laughs> questions about that. Like one, did he? I don't think he drove to the facility. Like right? Like no, because he he was like lonely in his house. I don't think he drove to the facility to go watch film. He's a quarterback. He would have that in his place. Yeah. But like Morris Chestnut just shows up out of nowhere, unseen, unheard, and he's just all of a sudden like, wait, were you ever introduced in this scene? What are you doing here? Yeah, he's like, I do oh, like the look- rock. I do like. I do like the rock setup. He had like a split screen and one was him in the pocket and the other shot was like of the receivers in the secondary and all of that. I'm like, Oh, that'd be perfect. That's exactly what you want. If you're the quarterback, you want to see that. Yeah. Except Joe Kingman. Yeah. Except he doesn't watch film. He he was probably thinking the same thing. He was probably like, Oh wow, this is really cool. I should have done this for the past 10 years. Maybe I'd have a title. It's it's like Brett Favre. Like, What's the nickel? Like, what is that? <laughs> so that's joking. <laughs> um, before we get into what else worked with this movie, let's, uh, let's take a quick break and hear from our sponsors. Big Screen Sports is brought to you by Axios Sports. Following a team you love in 2019 can be time-consuming. Trying to follow everything happening in sports is almost impossible. Scrolling through every app, visiting every website on a daily basis... There's just no way you can do it. It's ridiculous. That's why I subscribe to Axios Sports, the best free daily newsletter in the land. Seriously, I've been using Axios Sports for like a month or two now, and it is awesome. It's the best way to be that super informed sports friend with actually having to do the legwork to be super informed. It's in your inbox every morning. Uh, It's great. When you sign up for free at uh, sports.axios.com, you'll get the best stories from the NBA and NFL to cricket and ping pong and everything in between. It's all in your inbox in the morning. It's great. Axios Sports also highlights the most important stats and trends, giving you the ability to stay informed and act really smart in front of your friends. It's super simple to sign up, and it's free. Sports.axios.com. Not only will you be caught up, you'll be the friend sharing an amazing link with your buddies. Join the 100,000 sports fans who get caught up on the day before it even begins. And best of all, there's no paywall, no subscription fee, nothing. It's just free, curated sports content delivered directly to you. Sign up at sports.axios.com. Again, try for free at sports.axios.com. Big Screen Sports is also brought to you by Harry's. Humans have been shaving for thousands of years, and the secret to a great shave hasn't changed much. The ancient Greeks didn't need flex balls or heated handles, neither do you. That's why Harry's doesn't overcharge you to add gimmicky features to their razors. They focus on delivering what actually matters, sharp, durable blades at a fair price. 
and I can say durable for sure. Shout out to all my baby face guys out there like me. But if you're someone who doesn't shave a lot, a Harry's razor can last you forever. I seriously think I got a couple Harry's blades last year and I'm just now finishing them up. I mean, my face doesn't require quite as much uh, due diligence as, as some of you Grizzly Adams looking guys out there. But uh, Harry's blades give me the best shave and they last forever. Do this podcast a favor and check out harrys.com slash bluewire for your free trial today. Harry's is a return to the essential, quality durable blades at a fair price. Just $2 a blade. It's super convenient. Blade refills are delivered directly to your door on schedule. That's with or without a subscription. There's also no risk for trying them out. If you don't love your shave, I mean, you will love your shave. But if you don't, let them know they'll give you a full refund. Listeners of Big Screen Sports can redeem their Harry's trial set at harrys.com slash bluewire. You get a weighted ergonomic handle for a firm grip, five-blade razor with lubricating strip and trimmer blade, rich lathering shave gel with aloe to keep your skin hydrated, and a travel blade cover to keep your razor dry and easy to grab on the go. Don't be that dude putting your bare razor in your toiletries kit. Don't do it. It's gross. Go to harrys.com slash bluewire. Start shaving better today. Now back to the podcast. All right, so let's go. Let's get into what worked uh, with this movie, both kind of sports wise and just in general with with the movie. Uh, right off the bat, for me, it's the chemistry between The Rock and Madison Pettis. She's great. Absolutely, absolutely. And and it, uh, at the time, I believe, yeah, I'm I'm certain he had a daughter at the time, mm-hmm. and that was his only time. So it makes sense. And it, like in most of his movies, his kid is a daughter. And uh, I think it's skyscraper he had both, but it's typically a daughter. And Fast and Furious Universe, it's a daughter. So there's like a, there's clearly like a rapport there for him, and like something for him to build on. Much of this character is like things The Rock would do and exaggerate it. It's about football. Here's shoulder, like you said, his Elvis collection and the whole nine. And uh, this was back when he had that awful head of hair. So it's kind of funny. That was in the what what didn't work for this movie. This situation (laughs) was The Rock with hair with that hair. That just it's, it, it didn't operate well. It's crazy. It, it he shouldn't look like this much of a different guy. He's like in his fifties now, right? He's a really old guy now. Yeah, and he just looks so different. But yeah, it, the rapport they had was really good. And I, was this her first role? It was something like that? Yeah, right? this was her debut film. And and she did really good. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if she looked like an eight year old kid. I know she she looked a little older to me, but she worked. She she worked in many many ways and. Just, and he clearly took to her in, in the acting, at least. I don't, I don't know what they are in real life. Yeah, this movie doesn't work if they don't have really good chemistry. You kind of oh, yeah, you wouldn't buy it right at all. Yeah, it, it was yeah. it was really good. But I got a question: Could this? So this movie was released in two thousand seven. So say Joe is like they say he's in his thirties. He's like thirty two, thirty three. Uh, he has this child like when he's a pro he's probably like a top draft pick his career's just getting going you know he gets this divorce and yeah. you know then his his ex-wife is pregnant but she doesn't say anything to him could this child have flown under the radar like hypothetically she's 9 so this happened in the late 90s like hypothetically like imagine if Peyton Manning had gotten married very yeah. young gotten divorced like i, I don't think so so I tried to think if there are stories like this that exist. And I just watched Real Sports like maybe a month ago with Don Nelson. And he had literally this scenario. Like he 
he had a daughter he didn't know about. They gave him a letter at a practice one time. She figured it out, found out it was him, and sent him a letter while he was at the Mavericks. And the letter is basically like, hey, I'm your daughter. I'm 20 or whatever she was. So, like, I think it could happen if the mom didn't want the attention. She clearly didn't. Maybe. It's a day, though. I, I don't know. Like, maybe that kid gets on Instagram and people find it. It's like, hey, you look like the famous quarterback. <laughs> I'm doing math here. Maybe this isn't adding up. So, I don't know. I mean, you if you want to stay quiet, you can. It just depends on if the mom wanted attention, I guess. Today, there's no way. I just feel like some reporter would have been like, well, our new rookie quarterback is our, our young star quarterback. He was married. Now he's not. We need to, you know, what happened there? You know, I don't know. I feel like someone in the in the media tracks they're down because I mean, like there are stories like this that happen, and I mean, and there are athletes who are notoriously like absent fathers, like shouts to yeah, Carl yeah. Malone and and Jalen Rose's dad. I think Jimmy Walker uh, yeah. were notorious for pretty much abandoning their kids, but uh, at least they're they're out of wedlock children. So it's kind of yeah, like yeah, uh, yeah. I don't know. I'd just be very surprised if if this happened but it it's part of the charm of the movie is you know her showing up at his door um yeah like it's a little more charming yeah it's a little more charming than the big daddy scenario that she was just like a waitress that john that john (laughs) stewart hooked up with and then it hits you with the the hammer later where it's like oh yeah the mom died in secret whopper of a moment in this movie like a month ago like what (laughs) so yeah it's that last like twenty minutes is like a, it's a lot going on in that movie. It's which a is heavy funny parenting the, movie. Yeah, because the first twenty minutes it's like nothing, 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 and then everybody's just it's like, oh, you got a kid, cool, that's what's up. Let's get to practice. It's like what? <laughs> like the whole the parallel to Big Daddy, like Big Daddy's a movie about you know the, he's teaching the kid how to like piss on the side of a McDonald's or whatever, <laughs> but also the courtroom scene in Big Daddy is heavy, and this is a great parallel of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What else did you have that worked? Uh, For me, it's really random and small, but but like the way the play started in football, it it had they took a good angle. It was like the angle you'd watch from TV. He had the drop back down. There was linemen. It was people were colliding. It kind of made sense. Like it just the football made sense. Now when he's doing Mike Vick scrambles, it gets a little wild, but it's. Little stuff like that made sense, and I was like, okay, I can get it. And again, there's only two of these scenes for the first hour and a half of the movie, and then there's like the climactic final game. But yeah, the the football made sense to me, so I appreciated that. Yeah, it's very – yeah, there's not a whole lot of action in the movie, but everything is pretty good for the most part. Yeah. Um, it's, it's it's really well produced. You can tell they they cared about that stuff. Yeah, uh, Stella, his agent, played by Kira Sedgwick, like she sucks, awful human, but she's great at her job. She's fucking ruthless. Yes. Yes, and, and, and that's the thing about this movie. For most of the movie, they're all characters. They're all just played up to so much. The, the rock starts the movie off. He's like a nitwit, and he's slapstick comedy. The blender blows food on him and all this stuff, and she's the she does it the most. She's just an awful person, and it's like you're supposed to root for her if you're a nine-year-old, and it makes perfect sense. Like, yeah, I rooted for her, and I'm I'm 33. So I, she was great. I, I loved it. It was funny. Yeah. Her having the, uh, the, when he gets to practice and she has like the nine, the line of nannies ready to go. Like that's a good agent yeah. right there. That's exactly. She's, she gets him. <laughs> she, she, get, she gets in the sedan and everything or the station wagon. Personalized plates in a day. 
it, personalized place. Number one dad. I was like, what? That's great. She stinks. Stinks as a human, but you should definitely hire her as your agent. Yeah, <laughs> she was. She, she was on it. She was on it. I liked that they had Marv Albert calling the game. With with Boomer, right? Yeah, with Boomer Sison. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, they and, and and again for most of the movie, it's like the end of the game, and they're going, "Yeah, all right, they won," and, and then they move on. So it's like you only, you're watching them run back into the locker room three times. It's like, all right, that's cool. It must have been a good game. I also like that Joe is incapable of speaking in anything other than like rudimentary football terms. Like that's how he equates yes. everything in his life. It, the the whole movie too, like. When they get past him being a nitwit as it starts, he's still doing it. When he takes the girls to play at the mall or whatever, he's like calling audibles and stuff. And it's like, all right, <laughs> that's that's your thing. I get it. All right, that's cool. Whatever. So it's the whole movie. And then she starts doing it too. He's showing Peyton something using like tro- his trophies as an example. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like It's yeah. just complete like, yeah, nitwit star quarterback has only <laughs> done football stuff his entire life. Yeah, it's funny. It's it's it, it's again. It's it's a kids movie, and it makes perfect sense. Everybody's a character. Everybody's an exaggeration. Exactly. Um, it also exemplified the spirit of the NFL. You know, the spirit behind the NFL by Peyton convincing her father to forego his long term health in order to win a football game. <laughs> Goes in the locker Yo. room like he's dead in there, and she's like, "No, you can do this. You get out there, bro." I when I watched this, I I knew the plot. I've seen the movie ten times. But I forgot he got stretchered off. Like they put him on the gurney and everything. I mean, just first off, I don't know why he got stretchered off for a shoulder that kind of that got separated. Second off, you're not coming back in the game when you get stretchered off. I don't think like, anyone no has ever come back in the game after being stretchered off ever. I'm a Raider fan, and Garyon Conley got stretchered off in Week One, and people were blown away that he played in Week Two. And it was like precautionary. He 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 got on Instagram right after and was like, "I'm okay. You know, they want to put me on there." Blah blah blah. But like people were blown away that he played. So for him to come back to that quarter, oh no, it'd have been nationwide moves. Like it would have, they would have made a movie about it. And the the fucking coach puts the ball in his court not once but twice. Like does not think about you know okay this guy was just stretchered off. Like are we sure you know he's got a life. He now has a kid to think about. Like it's like Joe, you know can you play? Because I'll play you if you can play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, the, 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 and, he, and he lets him call the play too. He's like, yeah, it's 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 on you. And he's like, all right, well I guess I'm. And he calls the play right there on the sideline. We're doing this, and it's like a shovel pass. It's like a screen. The coach is not but, great. I, mean, I wasn't wasn't but, impressed by him. He spoke like twice and said nothing. Offered nothing to the movie. Like we didn't need the coach character. Not much of a personality there. Uh, did Did you have yeah. anything else that worked? Did you catch the uh, the Eddie George and the Jay Glazer cameos? I caught Glazer. I didn't catch Eddie George. There's a linebacker who knocks the rock out of the game. And I'm like, that's somebody. I just can't place who that guy is. Yeah, I thought that was someone yeah. too. And I didn't I didn't do the legwork. And he trash talks to me. He's like, you know, who's the king now or some some shit. And it's like, I recognize that guy. I just don't know who he is. Yeah, Eddie was so, at the restaurant opening. Ah, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Eddie, Eddie um, George, star of the the play Chicago now, or he's in the play Chicago, I think. Also, also uh, a bit part in Butler's, so they've worked together a lot, I guess. <laughs> it formed a friendship on the game plan. Before we get into what didn't work, did you have anything else for for what worked or something you want to touch on? Um, 
just the rock. Like that's kind of bold, but I mean it's kind of broad. But he just kind of worked. He, he did. He got to be goofy, and he he got to get in a couple different lanes. He really dove into the ballet stuff. And again, we talked about it earlier those scenes where he had to actually emote. He, he seemed like he cared about this girl, and he was hurt about losing her. And they're kind of cheesy scenes. And he's there's one liners, and the movie ends with him saying, "I won more than the championship," or whatever it is he says. But he really leans into it, and I, I get why this is the start of him being the the rock, the superstar actor now. Mm-hmm. So this is the first time it's his first kids movie, and it's the first time he really has to show that that goofy side. Because like the first thing he starred in, I mean, there was the Scorpion King, but like that, yeah, yeah that yeah, one. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's the rundown, which I stand. I love the rundown. I had it on DVD as a kid. I watched it all the time. Yeah. I love the rundown. Uh, I mean, I, I just generally like the rock movies. And then those first, like, I don't know, a couple years, they're just such basic trope movies. But I love them. I love the rundown. He's just beating people to two by four. It's great. Yeah. And that's pretty much what they went with. Uh, he followed that up with Walking Tall, which, uh, you know, again, beating people with a, you know, with a two by four, uh, yeah. along with Johnny Knoxville. Uh, he had that big yeah. part in Be Cool, which is a movie that shouldn't have been made. Um, <laughs> he did Doom. He did Gridiron Gang, which we'll do on this podcast, which like I like Gridiron Gang, but it's still kind of I, I love it. typecast, <laughs> you know, serious guy thing. But that's that's the first time he's having to show some real, real emotion. And he did a good job there, too. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Like, two him, like just kind of pondering shit. But it's like, oh, he's he's like. He's going for it. I get it. Cool. I'm, I'm, I'm here. I'm with this. Yeah. And then it, and then he goes into the game plan and then it's suddenly he's in, you know, he's in Get Smart. He does that race to Witch Mountain, the Tooth Fairy. Um, he's in the beginning of the other guys and like the funniest. Yeah. Race. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. You know what we're doing? Aim for the bushes. Aim for the, I was like, oh. What? And then they just oh my god, that movie's hilarious. I, I think my I think my ribs broke from laughing that first scene. Like it is the most random I mean, it's we're on nuts. a I, I got us on a like it's just a massive rock tangent right now, but that first scene of the other guy is just I lose my shit. Special forces zip line. These guys are pros. You thinking what I'm thinking, partner? Aim for the bushes. Yeah, I'm 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 a rock stand. I, I have this like this argument is like no rock movies are bad. Like they're they're bad, but they're enjoyable. I still like them. I don't care. I, I was saying earlier, I like Tooth Fairy. So I'm with it. I'm I'm on board with The Rock and it's funny watching him grow. And again, he's just like a completely different size person. Like he's he's probably two hundred and fifty pounds in this movie and he looks tiny compared to what he looks like now. Yeah, but a different actor in this movie might not work. If they had cast some, no, you know, they, like it takes a guy with the charisma of The Rock to make this movie work. Yeah, and and almost every every other actor is smaller, so it doesn't work. Like, I mean, I guess if Batista did this, it'd be an awful movie. Yes, I like oh Batista yeah, for sure, for sure. And it's just it's just something about The Rock. He's just endearing in a certain way, and you know, he he again, he found a way to emote here and to be to be cheesy and to be funny and to be goofy, and it worked. It worked out. And so. That's mine. I mean, it's really broad. and But again, the movie doesn't work if he doesn't work. And he, he did. And there's not a lot that didn't work, even like super nitpicky stuff, until you really get to the final game. And then there's a lot of questions. Well, we've talked a lot about what I had for what didn't work, like his hair, the fact that he looks like Sam Bradford. He doesn't watch film. I, I hate that helmet. <laughs> uh, his apartment was way too clean after that party. Like even before oh, the mates came, it was way too clean. And, and, and even with his thing, like he was kind of like really neat and nitpicky. 
it's like what they it was it was done it was automatically done easy um for me again this is nitpicky because i did enjoy the movie every game ends in a buzzer beater and like a like a literal buzzer beater and it, it, i think i think marv even says that at one point and it's like yeah this kind of not how football works like there might have been like six seconds left kick, kick the field goal or something like lie to me a little bit <laughs> yeah you know maybe mix in a scene of him in the victory formation yeah, yeah, like they're literally like he runs in the end zone and he he sell up. The, this is how the movie starts. He runs in the end zone, wild Vince Young touchdown where he breaks three tackles and jumps over somebody and the whole nine. And he like does a dance, does his catchphrase. He's in the end zone for like two minutes, and it's the they get, the game ended on that play. It's, it's all it's it's triple zeros. It's over. And like like lie to me a little bit. Like let them kick the extra point. Like do something. But every game ends like literally every game that they show ends like that. So it's kind of funny. I've got a question about his diet. So that smoothie, <laughs> there's no greens in that smoothie. And he's putting like tuna and eggs in it. And then he, he the he health liquid chickens. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, and then the healthy meal that he gives her or like the carb load meal or whatever is just pasta with no protein in it. He's just Some mountainous spaghetti. Yeah. What it like, I'm not sure he knows how to eat properly <laughs> and and again he starts the movie off like a stickler for that stuff yeah and they show him lifting weights a couple times and he, he clearly cares about this stuff he's bragging about his abs and the whole nine but like he, he didn't eat anything green in that whole movie he ate some weird smoothie and then tried to give it to a kid and then like eight pounds of spaghetti or whatever it was and didn't finish that so i don't yeah, his diet's his diet's weird. Yeah, I you feel know, like he's gonna on. have some long term health problems, along with like his football <laughs> long term health. Like he's gonna have like some some issues, uh, you know, in his forties and his in his fifties. Uh, I was actually shocked he cooked for himself. How, I I mentioned that too. I was watching the movie with my fiance. And I was like, I'm surprised. Like, does he not have a chef? Like, I can see the smoothie, you know, in the morning yeah. or something. But yeah. I can't believe he's eating dinner. He made dinner. Yeah, he had every other luxury you could possibly have. He had concierge service. He had a car brought to him, valet at his, at his building. He had the maids and all that stuff. But, like, he's cooking. I was like, eh, all right, I guess. He also <laughs> has the sickest apartment. Like, it's super nice. I'm sure it's really expensive. I can't imagine that it doesn't have a guest room. Because he's... Yeah. He says that when she arrives. She's true. like, I don't have a guest room. Like, I, I feel like... An apartment like that, like that nice, would have a ton of rooms. Regardless, yeah, you have a one bedroom penthouse with what? Yeah, I don't, I don't get it. <laughs> and it may, maybe a film room in there too. What? Huh? So yeah, is it a closet full of Chanel purses? You don't have a second room for a friend. The scene uh, where he leaves Peyton at the restaurant opening. And he comes back and, yeah. you know, the paparazzi's in his face or whatever. The The last cut before it cuts to the newspaper with a picture of him holding a, his fist makes it look like he's about to assault the reporter. Which in that case, yeah, like, I, I, leaving his daughter is the least of his problems. Yeah, he had a couple scandals that just... And that's what I was thinking, like, I feel like he could have talked his way out of, like, oh, I was in the bathroom, my bad, or something. But then you punch the camera, I guess, and yeah, we're gonna have an issue now. Like you're doing Dennis Robin press conferences, apologizing. Yeah, and he looked like a big swing at this guy, whoever that guy was. Yeah, I mean, you could have just been like, oh yeah, the nanny was supposed to grab her, and then I found out, you know, the nanny left. We fired the nanny, 
don't uh you know we're we're taking that care of but yeah it looks it, it appeared that he was about to assault a photographer and, yeah, uh, I thought that was the notion too, that he that he hit him, and then it's over. And then that's that. I guess he's probably suspended like, at that point. And speaking of stories that should have been humongous, I feel like his long lost daughter would have been a like a much bigger story. Oh yeah, it, it seemed like it came, and and everybody said, "Oh, well, all right." You know, no questions about the mom, no nothing. That was that. It was that was it was the story. And mind you, again, she traveled. She changed her own travel. I don't know how she did that. I think she said she did it online or something. She caught a cab or something to some house. She found out where this celebrity quarterback lived and all of this stuff. And she's eight years old. That's not a, that's not like a nationwide story that Tom Brady has a new kid that he didn't know about or Cam Newton or whoever. I feel like it'd be a really big deal. At that point, ESPN sports illustrated would have whoever their top reporter was. And like, you need to get me everything about this girl in this situation. And you needed to have it to me yesterday. Well, Sergey Baca found out he had a daughter. I believe she's like eight, nine. I think she's a teenager now. And I've watched like a 30-minute documentary on this on ESPN one day. I watched a whole E60 about it. So, yeah, like they're going to care. And that's Sergey Baca. That's not, you know, the best quarterback in the league who's about to win the Super Bowl. Yeah, he brought so, her over from the Congo, didn't he? Yeah, he, yeah. He, he did the whole thing, brought her over and, and, and took care of her, and they have, they're good now, you know. So, and see, like, how we just know that off the cuff? the biggest quarterback in the league or whoever, maybe top five or whoever, you know, Aaron Rodgers has a secret daughter. He just found out about, we're going to find out. That's going to be a big deal. We're going to carry. Absolutely. Do you have anything else that didn't work before we get into everything about the final game? The, uh, the quote unquote Super Bowl. <laughs> um, I just, I, I do wish they had the NFL licensing. I feel like the rock could pull that off now. I mean, he did with ballers, right? But I feel like he can pull that off now, but they're so, they're so, finicky with who they give their licensing to then i guess you know who knows back then. if this but yeah that, if this movie had been done now or like 10 years later if yeah. it had been done in 2017 he would have gotten that they would have they would have given him that license because like they gave it to fucking draft day and draft yeah, day is yeah, awful like, come on yeah get, get, let the rock be the patriots quarterback for 20 minutes it's all right that'd, be an, ama- that'd be an amazing look honestly um one last one is real nitpicky. Is like this this movie is quietly an Under Armour commercial. Oh, it's yeah, everywhere. It is. <laughs> it's splattered over everything. He's you know massive Under Armour mural in his living room, and they just hit you over the head with it forever. And it's, it makes perfect sense that he's signed an Under Armour deal in in the interim. So I guess that'd be the one. Yeah, who was doing NFL uniforms at that point? Because it wasn't it wasn't <laughs> Nike. Was it? It wasn't. Was it? Was it Adidas? Was it starter? No, that's too far back. That's like nineties, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, I don't. Either way, it was a missed opportunity for whoever was doing uniforms. There was one last thing too, and it's really weird. It doesn't. It doesn't matter at all. But he had an emblem on his jersey, like on the collar, and nobody else had that. I was like, huh? (laughs) (laughs) I didn't even notice that. That's usually like my forte. And 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 there's like a it's there's a final there's a scene at the very end. And they're getting ready for the Super Bowl, and Morris Chestnut's talking to him. And that's when I noticed it. Like he has it dead in the middle of his jersey, and then Morris Chestnut doesn't. I was like, huh? So that's it. Just little stupid things like that. So let's talk the final game. Um, we already right. talked that it's it's ridiculous that he got stretched off, and he came back and played. Like, if you get stretched off, you're not going to play. I want to talk about in the second half. Well, first, let's talk about it's a Super Bowl play in the day. It's a daytime Super Bowl. Yeah. That's, that's not a yes. thing. I feel like they should have made it at night. I don't know what the 
strategy was, but that game should have been at night. It would have just looked cooler. A daytime Super Bowl already feels like very low stakes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just a Saturday game at the end of the year. But the second half starts. The first half had ended with his backup, Danville, coming in, you know, after he gets stretched off. And the second half opens with Danville running on the field and Marvin Boomer like, Danville's coming in the game. Like, they're shocked. I'm like, did you did you not see what happened last half? Like, he got stretchered <laughs> off. He might as well be in the hospital for all you know. Like, why are you so surprised at the backups coming into the game? I feel like that was, like, they they edited that. Like they, they, I, I don't know that like Marvin Boomer recorded that audio looking at something else and then they just edited it. In. I don't know. That made no sense to me. So yeah, that was, they were blown away and they had a whole halftime show to think about this. And, and I think the injury happened like towards the end of the second quarter. So there's a good chance he played in the first half too. Like he did something, whether it was handing it off or doing nothing, he had to get in the game. Um, to me, it's the game was so close. Maybe losing Joe wouldn't have been so devastating. Like the running back seemed to be pretty good. The one time we saw him touch the ball, the tight end was really good. He had like a ridiculous like forty yard reception, thirty five running after the catch. You know, I feel like you you get a good game plan. You can you know, no pun intended. You might could work it out. I think it was like a seven to three game for most of the game. Yeah, I mean, my guy Danville kept that to be a one score game before the uh, before yeah, Joe's final drive. Managed- Joe comes the shit out of him. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> that probably would have been good for Joe to watch his teammates, you know, win the game. Uh, Could you imagine the, the Niners signing our, our guy Danville Garoppolo the next year? Oh, da- oh man. Danville would have. I mean, if, if Joe hadn't come back in, Danville was getting paid. Oh, he's getting paid. He's getting paid. Quarterback controversy. Yeah. So just, J- Joe comes back Cole. in. Joe comes back in. There's a minute, minute left or so. And Marv Albert goes, he's got to make the drive of the century 65 yards. I'm like, 65 yards in a minute? That's doable, extremely. This this bothered me a lot because the first play is he scrambles left and he throws like a a shovel pass, like on accident to the running back. And the running back scrambles and does all this stuff. And he doesn't go out of bounds inexplicably. But there's like a minute six left. You You run up and spike it. Like, cool. You know what I mean? And you got 40 seconds left after that. They went like to seven seconds. They had only one play after that. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, wh- why is this the situation now? And once you so get to the bothered. twenty, you can feasibly just start throwing to the end zone. Time isn't as much yeah. of a concern. And I remember noting it when I watched. They were on the seventeen, so it wasn't like he threw a bomb to win the game. He th- he threw a corner route to you know his his receiver cutting across the field. And I was like, wait, like how long was that last play? Like, what just happened? So it, okay, I messed up the sequence. It's the shovel play, and then the Rock has like a scramble, and it looks like a eighty-yard scramble, and he runs out of bounds, he gets hit, and it's the whole climactic moment. Like, oh my god, is he gonna get up? He should not have got up. <laughs> he probably tore his labrum in his left arm, and he had three broken ribs. He probably should have been really hurt right then. <laughs> but he hops up and he goes back in the huddle, and he calls the play that he studied, the one play he studied for two days. He absolutely sacrificed his long-term health because his nine-year-old daughter wanted him to to do that. Like in, in retrospect, like Peyton's going to be in college and Joe Kingman's going to be like, he's going to be like Earl Campbell, just like stuck in a wheelchair. And she's going to be like, why did you listen to me? I was nine years old. Like you were an adult. You should have known better not to go in this game. 
I was traumatized. My mother died six months ago and I just met you. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> also, Karen and, and, and Peyton. Like, oh, go ahead. He, he, when he's, he's having a little pep talk with her as he's coming in the tunnel. I was like, first off, dude, hurry up. Like the, the game's on the line. And he walks right in the middle of the field and the coach calls a timeout. I was like, huh? How does that happen? Like, that's a penalty. You're like on the hash mark. What are you doing? Let's walk around. And he also and, burns. That was their last time out. Yeah, they needed that timeout really bad. He <laughs> burned it so he could make a sub. Like, yo, just, you know, spike it or something. <laughs> Get Joe back in. Also, and you don't even know if Joe's going to go. Yeah. He might be coming out the wall. Karen and Peyton are on the sideline. Like, they're not over towards the crowd or whatever. They're legit on the sideline. They're like a foot away from the field. Like, why is that a thing? They're, they're on the bench. I thought about this a lot because Peyton had unlimited access to the entire facility. She's in the locker room with like a towel tied around her eyes. Yo, you do not want your eight-year-old daughter in the NFL locker room at all. <laughs> like, what are you doing? I just saw Tariq Cohen. He went on like Instagram Live and accidentally showed off four naked men. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Kyle Long's hog was all over Instagram. Like, what are you doing? So she's everywhere. She's pushing the sled. She's doing drills. She's beating, She's trying to get the, the guy's lucky, disgusting underwear. I, even for Tom Brady, like Tom Brady – has his kids wait behind the rope until he goes and gets them, right? Like, what, how does she get unlimited access? It's pretty wild. And I don't want to harp on uh, Marvin Boomer again because I'm sure they just got they just read what was in front of him. But the game ends, and they say an incredible ending to a magnificent career. He's like early 30s. He yeah. just won a Super Bowl. Like, he's going to play for seven more years at least. Oh, he's, he's got a $140 million contract waiting for him. He's retiring? Like, uh, Stuart Scott made it. Rest in peace, Stuart Scott. Great cameo. He made it sound like he's the best quarterback in the league. He just hasn't won the big game. So it's like, wait, why is he retiring now? What are we doing? So Yeah, it's like how long yeah. did Marino play? Because Marino <laughs> yeah. was in that Marino was in that boat of not winning the big game. I mean, he never did, but Marino, I feel like Marino played forever. Or or look at Favre. He had won the big game and he was still chasing it forever. <laughs> like literally forever. So yeah, he, he looked healthy to me. I mean, he looked young. He's, let him keep playing. He's, don't retire him yet, Marv. What are you doing? Yeah, now he's got a kid to support. He needs the extra money. <laughs> he needs that bread for real. That's another thing. I could not believe the aunt was so anti him having his daughter. I don't know how she had a fight there. That's his daughter, right? That's related to the question I was going to ask you. Uh, the whole the whole situation with custody. Like, Perfect. the aunt being so anti-Joe, but also like... It takes like two seconds, and she's like, "Ah, eh, you know what? Actually, you can have her." I feel like there's there would have been more middle ground here of like, "Hey, let's work something out of of some sort of." Because like she clearly has been in Peyton's life for a long time, and yeah. was her you know like, and plus like she's a humanitarian. She's not you know tied down in her job move her to Boston. Like, let's work something out. It's not as though she's just going to let her dead sister, her dead sister's dying wish to have her be the caretaker for Peyton. I don't think she's just being like, oh, you know what? He he said he loves you on TV. So I think that's the play. <laughs> and her thing is like the stable household. Lady, you just can't, you just went to Africa for a month and a half and sent this kid off to ballet school. What? I think he might have the more stable household. What are you talking That's about? That's a fair point. Check in a little <laughs> better, Karen. Yeah, like what? And she checked nothing. Like she she got pictures 
and and that was it. And the girl hangs up on her in the whole I just was like watching that, like, wait, what? He just gets no say. You're just gonna run off with this kid. I I think he's rich and all of that. I I think he's gonna win this. I'm sorry. <laughs> he has you know his 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 rights to his kid. So that kind of shocked me. And they have to do that because they have to have the climax. But I was like, man, that's probably not gonna work that way. Yeah, they don't want to end the Disney parenting movie with a custody hearing. I don't think that'd be. Uh, they they didn't need the courtroom scene from Big Daddy in this movie. Yeah, and shout out Peyton for not picking up the phone. Might have motivated Joe in the big game. Maybe maybe get an earlier flight, you know, <laughs> something. <laughs> like get there sooner because he could have used you in the first quarter. That would have, you know, he could have cruised to victory later. Yeah, yeah. Uh, who'd you have for best on screen athlete? I feel like this is. I mean, it's obvious, but also the whole movie. This movie was cast very well. I, I didn't really yeah. have anyone for best or where like the rock, you know, looks the part, but they cast a bunch of athletes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the rock is the guy more Cessna looks, you know, like a guy who knows how to run the tight end does a mean pancake block. The running back is slick. And, uh, that guy's been in a couple movies with being athletic. I think he's in, uh, Mr. 3000. He's like the, the cocky. He's T-Rex Pennebaker. So he, he, he's been in quite a few movies. He's actually an actor. I like he's, he played the role well. So, uh, yeah, I guess The Rock and maybe the defensive end who helps her push the sled, that guy too. But, so you know, that guy, did you recognize him? Uh, Kind of. Who is he? That is Jamal Duff, a.k.a. Michelle from Dodgeball. I just thought I'd drop by and congratulate you on your victory by disqualification today and introduce you to the team that will be winning the Las Vegas International Dodgeball Open. My team. Allow me the pleasure of introducing you to... Blade. Blazer. Blazer. I believe you've met my fitness consigliere, Michelle. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. I knew I'd seen him in movies before. And I was starting to think, like, is he an athlete? Is he humongous arm? I think he was an ex-NFL player. I mean, let's roll this into the Lenny Harris pinch hitter award for best supporting character. This movie has a lot of, I mean, it was just, like I said, it was cast well. Um, you know, there's Mo Chestnut, Stuart Scott in his cameo, RIP, Jamal Duff as, uh, as Clarence Moore, or Clarence Monroe, uh, the hulking defensive lineman, Brian J. White uh, as Jamal Weber, the running back. Uh, Rosalind Sanchez, who has made, she's Monique Vasquez, she's the dance instructor. She has made quite the living being the romantic interest yeah, and, and and they found a clever way to make her that without them having like the climactic kiss or none of that stuff. So I, th- I thought they did a pretty good job with that since it's a kid movie or whatever. She did have the one scene where the aunt shows up and you could sense the disdain. Like, who are you to talk about, my niece? But that was it. They did, they never did. But she did a really good job too. She was great as the ballet teacher. She also had to participate. And I don't know what her background is, but she looked the part, right? Yeah, and she's in one of my all-time favorites in Rush Hour too. I, I will have eternal love for her because of that movie. Oh, she's great. She's great in everything she's in. And, you know, they, they got the ethnic woman speaking Spanish and all that stuff. It, was, it made sense. Yeah. My, uh, my guy, though, uh, are, are you, is she yours or who's your pick? Um, my pick is either Mo Chestnut. Moore Chestnut is like the, I guess he, I've, he's like the angel on Joe's shoulder the whole movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. That he's like, makes one joke one time about him losing his man card and that's it he's just smiling and cheering him up the whole movie after that yeah and then uh i liked also the, the tight end Hayes mcarthur as kyle cooper yeah. by the way that soda had 
two liters of soda in their can. <laughs> the one that blew up on him. It was so much soda. So I was going to ask you about that. So he said it's a $40,000 <laughs> soda. Again, $40,000 to Joe Kingman is not what it is to you and I, but that's still a lot of money. Yeah. Does he uh, does he hit him? Does I feel like he gets more mad. I think he's doing the Frank Lucas from American Gangster. You you he blot that blot shit. that like, shit. <laughs> you blot that shit. So I, I he's got to go nuts there, right? First off, I I was shocked they were drinking soda. They're such you know top flight athletes. They're all on the water and Gatorade, right, or something. They're just hammering Coke Coca Cola. But yeah, no, you've got to clean that mess. What do you, he was soaked. Like he looked like he jumped in a pool. He was soaked with Pepsi. I just imagine The Rock doing the Frank Lucas and like busting his head open <laughs> and, and like the piano. <laughs> he takes that Elvis guitar and just beats him half to death with it over his couch. That's got to be what he does. Right? He's got to be furious at that shit. Like you just spilled all that fucking soda all over my house. What are you doing? So was that guy yours, so- the tight end? Was he your best supporting character? My guy's actually not a human. It's the dog, Spike. Oh, I, he was amazing. He's such a well-trained dog. I don't know how the hell they did that. It's He was great. He's He emoted. Like he's, he, lo- he immediately took to Peyton. He played wide receiver in the house at one point. And then he goes and finds the journal. He's great. He's great. Every time they showed him, he was amazing. And then they had a little joke when he put the romance button and the dog knew to go hide under the couch because he knew shit was about to go down. Yeah, that <laughs> so I, I that adult humor that you need in every kid's movie. Yes, the, the dog knew. He's like, ah, oh, it's time. All right. <laughs> so that's my pick is Spike. I, I like everybody. I didn't. There wasn't really any problems besides the coach that we mentioned. But yeah, I'm going to go with the dog. I'm a dog guy. Yeah, the coach is a wet sense. blanket. There was a piece of IMDb trivia left out about the dog to get him to lick uh, the rock's hand. They covered it in a blended mix of tuna and other foods. So, like the rock's hand probably smelled horrendous. It was so much of whatever that smoothie was. And then we watched him pour tuna in it into it. So I'm like, that had to be awful <laughs> on that set. Disgusting. Disgu- I'm hoping, I hope they switched it out with something. Like, it had to have. Had right, to this have. This is probably some peak mix of something right oh yeah it just it makes me want to barf thinking about that uh let's go to the big chill every sports movie has you know that perfect big chill moment uh makes the the hair on the back of your neck stand up um this one none of the sports moments gave me the big chill like there was nothing on the field really uh joe running peyton to the hospital it was all like dad shit like, I don't yeah. know if, like, for non-dads, this would be the same. But it's Joe running Peyton in the hospital. And then when he's reading his dead ex-wife's letter. Yeah. God, oh, I'm man. like, oh, I was, wasn't ready for that. And then yeah. um, when she shows up at halftime to uh, to make him forego his life as a healthy human being in order to win a football game. Yeah, he'll never scratch his head with his left arm again. He's done. He can't reset things up. But, yeah, those are the scenes. I mean – they're they're pretty heavy handed, um, you know the, the the ballet scene is I guess one it's it's one of those moments where everybody's kind of like oh they're buying into this whole situation the um the scene in the hospital as well and 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 the, the very end like the last line is like ah, I've already won or whatever it was he said you know, again they're very overhanded this movie's for ten year olds but they're good though they're 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 good as far as this goes and. They, they hit the right notes. It's a good parenting movie. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And, and, and again, going back to the rock, 
you could see that he he had an interest here. He's a father of a daughter, and you know that that's probably a place that hits home for him. So he really leaned into it, and he, he did a great job. Yeah, if this movie were a true story, would it make a good thirty for thirty? Oh, for sure. Just <laughs> off the missing daughter thing alone. That and then when you find out the mom passed in a car accident, and Joe never knew, and then they have this letter, and could you just see him? Doing the like, you know, the interview, and he's reading the letter. And he's like shaking, he's tearing up. Oh yeah, it's like the climate thirty for thirty, and then the daughter's like, "I, I knew about the letter," and you know, now she's like seventeen, so she's, you, she's very articulate. She was articulate here, which is kind of cracked me up. And she's talking about it. And everybody's talking about it. Uh, the dance, the the ballet teachers now his wife and stepmom, and the, you can just see it. It'd be a great thirty for thirty. It'd be beautiful. The Super Bowl. Yeah, it'd be perfect. It might even be like one of those like three parters, like. The first part is you know him winning the Heisman, him being the hot shot quarterback, him oh you can't win the big one, and then the second one is like he actually does it, and he has his daughter, and the third one is like what's happened now in the ten years since he retired, and she's playing, she's playing basketball at Duke or whatever she's doing, but you could you could see it. Depending on where he went to school, it's an SEC storied like the Book of Manning. Oh yeah, oh yeah, it's not like. 30 for 30 does this, but he's also getting the real sports segment. He's also getting the E60 segment. They're doing all of that. And then 30 for 30 gives it the real dive later. Where do you think Joe Kingman played college ball? Oh, he's got to be Florida, right? Is the rock? Oh, it's going to be something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if he was a Miami guy, Joe Kingman, like no, the rock obviously is all about the U, but fl- seems like a, seems like a, like a dual threat guy. Maybe he did a, you know, Florida state or something. Ran the option or something out there. Yeah, I could, I could see it. I could, I could definitely see it. Um, how would you improve this movie, Eddie? I would probably put a little bit more football, I but think I, so I too. think they did make a, I think they did make a good decision to, like you said earlier, football was just a part of him, and this story was actually about him and his daughter, and it made that stronger. But just me as like the movie sports guy who wants to see that, like, show me a couple games, you know, show me some college highlights or something. Give me a little bit more. And then the license. Get the NFL license. That'd be the other one. Yeah, if they, I mean, if they remade this with The Rock, it would definitely get that license. I would just put the Super Bowl game at night and give it more yeah. of a feel. I would show more of that. I would also have him not get stretchered off. I would just have it like they're getting their ass beat and he's kind of mentally out of it. And then, you know, she shows up, you know, right before the second half, like she, you know, she shows up or something. Like not, not he suffers, especially now – 2007 was a bit different, but now with how we look through the lens of player health and players taking care of themselves and stuff like that, it just, you know, I get it's a kid's movie, but you're also like, man, that dude just went on the field with a separated shoulder. Like, this, is, this isn't really a feel-good moment, in my opinion. Yeah, there's no way that scene happened. There's no way he gets on the gurney now. There's just no way. There's nothing. They wouldn't even toy with the injury like that now. He'd be down and out. Like he'd just be upset. I think one of the other things too, if this movie happens now, it's got like a it's like a seventy million dollar budget instead of like twenty eight or thirty or whatever it was. So the stadiums are filled up better. The just little 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 tiny details like that make the movie just pop more. So I it would it'd be amazing. I I I I wouldn't be shocked if they remake this sometime in this next era of movies without. I don't know who the guy would be. That would be the hard part, just finding the actor. It's Michael B. Jordan or something. But you could definitely see this being remade. Mm, this is a formula that is really easy to replicate. And, yeah, you can just 
you, Disney could run it back out there in another 10 years and be like, yep, you know, we're, we're going to make easy money on this. Cause like, this is a oh, movie, sure. this is a movie I would take my kid to if it came out. Yeah. If they find the right kid, if they find the right star, they got, they got another movie, a successful movie right here on the way. Drop it on the right weekend. It'll go number one. Yeah. Well, when they, when they come out with that one, you'll have to come back on the podcast and cover it with me. Uh, but for now, you know, we cover what we got. I appreciate you coming on the pod. Tell people again where they can find you and uh, episodes of Tampering Season. Yeah, Tampering Seasons everywhere you get your podcast with the with Blue Wire Network, and yeah, we're we're, we're trying to get it going, man. And uh, we're growing, we're growing every week, and it's good to see. And you can find me on Twitter, Bansky B A N S K Y. Um, you know, they say I love LeBron and I hate Steph Curry, so if you're in that. I guess I'm that guy, but I actually like Steph. <laughs> but yeah, that's pretty much where you can find me, Tampering Season, and then on Twitter. And when you guys search Tampering Season, that is Season S-Z-N. Make sure you're yep. looking for that. And if you enjoyed this episode of Big Screen Sports, you know the drill. Please remember to subscribe, rate, leave a review, follow us on Twitter at Big underscore Screen Sport, Instagram at Big Screen Sports Pod. You're going to get sports movie content and information on upcoming episodes. Uh, we drop episodes every Thursday. Please make sure to check out the entire Blue Wire Sports Podcasting Network. we got everything from tampering season to football podcasts to gambling podcasts, everything you need for your sports podcasting needs, and we will catch you next Thursday. Thanks. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.